Did you ever see Hellraiser? Starting off a marathon season where I'm going to watch every Hellraiser movie. I will rank them all on my Letterboxd account. And I'm not going to commit to reviewing every single one of them. As individual episodes, definitely doubtful. But maybe you're going to get a few here. In fact, wise up, I'm going to do them all. Starting off with the first Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Based on Clive Barker's book called Hell, The Hellbound Heart. And he is also the writer and director of this. Clive Barker's quite an interesting guy. English artist, writer, filmmaker, producer. He's done a lot of things. He's, he's worth checking out, to be honest. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. And I would say that this movie here is, yeah, it's, it's in my opinion, uh, his, his most famous work. And, uh, well, I haven't seen the rest yet. Um, we're building up the Hellraiser 2, which I think he's also produced on it. Don't know if he directed or what. But he writer, artist, interesting guy, done a lot of strange things, a lot of interesting things, and made this movie, which is quite interesting. The reason I put, picked Hellraiser as the first marathon uh, review, marathon review, does that, I need to try and get a snappy, catchy title. For it, I'm 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 banking this early, so I'm not watching Hellraiser's back to back to back. Because, like most horror movies, I'm imagining that the first handful are are enjoyable and and reasonably good, and then the quality is going to teeter off further down the line. But sure, we'll we'll see how it goes. And to be honest, we start off with a bit of a stunner. I think this movie is very good. Like I was surprised, but. I remember watching it, and like they've obviously they've got that poster, and that poster is, it it's great. It's got um, the the hell priest Pinhead as he's kind of been colloquially known as, but apparently Clive Barker hates him being called Pinhead. He's the hell priest. He's kind of like the leader of the Cenobites, which are these like hell dimension priests, um, wearing black leather. Uh, they're they're kind of cool looking. They're they're a badass horror villain, and um, there's there's one called Butterball and the Chatterer and things like this. And they're all uh you know they're all interesting, different villains that I haven't seen before. Now we've got you know the Halloween um uh, movies. They obviously had uh you know, they they birthed the slicer movie. So it was a man in a mask with a knife in a boiler suit. It wasn't this extra dimensional or like hell creature. Freddy Krueger is kind of what I would think would be the next closest, but he's more like a nightmare uh, guy, nightmare man. But whilst he's on the poster, um, Doug Bradley is uh, as Pinhead, as, as the hell priest. He's not really in the movie. And I think that's actually quite interesting. I quite like that. You know, it's... They're, they're the famous thing about this movie, and they're not there for the movie. They are, you know, they just show up what, twice. They show up once, and you're like, wait, why are they here? They're never explained. 
and then at the end they they show up big time. So the movie itself, <laughs> believe it or not, revolves around a couple moving into a house, and uh, they are the, Larry and Julia are the two characters, and they've got this house that uh, Larry's brother Frank was kind of squatting in. It's it's a family house, and uh, Frank is his uh, sort of more adventurous world of the world type brother. And, um, you know, the movie opens with him buying this this puzzle box, this cube that uh, we eventually find out, you know, it it is there to find a new level of pleasure. And with that, a new level of pain. There's a fine line between pleasure and pain, according to those in the puzzle box, which would be the Cenobites. Now, uh, he, uh, Frank, opens the box and he gets hooked through his skin in quite a gory sequence and um, quite you know I, I do like gore and horror movies because i i know like when it's bright red blood i mean you know, it's, it's not real guys i mean believe it or not it's it, this movie's not based on true story but uh the the kind of effects in this are good they're gross they're gooey they're um they're, they're kind of nasty in the best way, in a way for a horror movie, in the way that like uh, John Carpenter's The Thing looks, it's got that similar vibe that vibe to it, and I quite like that. I like that the movie is it's you know it's tight at like I think it's ninety minutes or ninety three minutes. It's it's in and around that you know ninety minute mark, super tight. It doesn't you know linger on these effects, which are practical eighties, low budget horror movie makeup effects. So. You know, when you see a hook going in, it does kind of rip a bit, like, you know, like it's some form of like rubber silicon, but it doesn't really matter because it's physical and it looks gross and it's grim and it's just, ugh, ooh, I don't like that, but I do like it, if you know what I mean. Maybe, uh, maybe it says more about me than uh, anything else. Anyway, the, the, the couple move in and they have a daughter who's like living in the city sort of thing, just working away. And, you know, he, she comes around and visits. But as they're doing up the house up in the attic, this is where Frank had died. And uh, Larry comes in with a cut on his hand and his blood on the ground basically reanimates uh, his brother Frank. And I was just like, this reanimation scene is wild. You see like all this sort of like, you know, bones coming together and like bits of ribs and then the brain and the eyes. And you're just like, oh, this is grim. And so he's kind of reanimated enough to whenever um, uh, Julia, who uh, goes up to kind of investigate, she sees him there and he's, you know, he, he looks like, I suppose the best way to describe them is if you've ever seen The Mummy, the Brandon Fraser movie, like before he's fully animated, it's sort of like that, only way grosser, way better in my opinion. But in it, he's like his legs don't work, and he's kind of like crawling on the ground, and he's really fast with his arms, and it's, it's you know, he's skittering about. You know, way people don't like spiders because of the way they move. The way this guy in the makeup moves is wild, and I'm just like, this is amazing. This is a cracking bit of horror right here. So, it, it turns out that uh, Julia and uh, Frank had a bit of a relationship beforehand. And uh, she's wanting a bit more of Frank in her life, let's say. So she's um, talked into essentially luring men back to murder them so their blood can get spilt in that grim attic room. The only room in the house that they did not do up um, is where she 
you know, spills the blood. And like, like I bet you're thinking, well, why, why do those guys go in there? One, they think they're going to get it with Julia. And uh, two, um, they do actually call out the fact that this room is grim. Like there's a chair in it and like damp and mold. And oh, it's, it's gross. Like the house before they did it up was gross. And this room is the grossest bit that, that, that just the cap that they left, you know. So anyhow, uh, that's that's the gist of the plot. Like, and and as they go on, he gets more reanimated, and the makeup effects get more interesting. There's all the bone structure, a lot. Like he is bright red with his muscles um, under, you know, because he doesn't have the skin yet until like the end when he does finally get skin, and it's the skin of his brother Larry, and of course, um, the the daughter. She is freaking out about that and that that's kind of the end sequence is her chasing you know up about it and then she finds the the puzzle box and she has to go back and you know she, she finds it well she gets the puzzle box because he's up in the room and frank is there as like you know just a mass of muscles and goo and he's being super creepy like the creepiness of frank is through the roof What's the thing he says you know, to her? He is his niece. It's like, come to daddy. You're just like, oh, this is grim. Like Frank is not a nice guy. And you know, he's, you know, uh, Julia finds pictures of him and they're all kind of, you know, a bit weird on it. They're all doing things that, you know, it's a bit extreme for some people, shall we say. So uh, uh, the daughter gets the puzzle box. And she uh, is just playing about with it. And it kind of opens while she's in hospital, which leads to what would probably be the big famous sequence of it. So um, the daughter, I keep calling her the daughter, um, because really there's there's not a lot in it. It's a low budget movie, so there's only three or four characters in it. Um, but her name is Kirsty, And she opens it in the hospital and that's where the Cenobite intro comes in and it's kind of got like that sort of like chime noise I feel like that's what Stranger Things uh, swiped from this movie is like the chime whenever they're arriving and it's cool when the Cenobites are on screen it's cool there's like a wee kind of tunnel thing she walks down this is chased by a wee monster that's kind of cool but the sort of like you know she basically says to the Cenobites my uncle Frank escaped if I get you him, you have to leave me alone. And the Cenobites, he didn't escape. Because he did. It's like, you must prove this. Otherwise, your torture will be greater. Anyway, so now she's on the hunt to kind of prove that uh, Frank escaped. And uh, goes back. And that's where the big climactic battle of the end um, is. Uh, yeah, well, what's the movie, people? That's what I would say. It's, a, I would say, horror classic, strong words. I would say it's an iconic villain of uh, horror movies right up there if there's a mount rushmore hall of fame is he on it besides say michael myers uh jason Voorhees, and freddy krueger maybe i'm not sure maybe not uh but it is sort of the overlooked one um things that i will say about this movie and um, just as uh, kind of concluding thoughts almost i really like the fact or i really like what clive barker did the fact that he's not a movie director, the fact that he's an artist and a writer first, means there's a lot of interesting shot, shot choices. I don't think the editing special in this. Once or twice, it's a bit snappy. And you're like, well, dwell a wee bit longer on that, Clive Barker. We don't need to just cut away instantly. Or like, you know, uh, 
you know, cut back and forth between things with zero like acknowledgement of what's happening. Just, you know, oh, by the way, this is on the go over here. I, I'm not going to tell you. No context to that. There's the Cenobites in one scene at the start of the movie, and you're like, well, wait, what? Why are they even there? Um, but his shot choices are mad. The choice of colors are excellent, and I really like that. I uh, like most of the cast, I think, is very good. Um, uh, Kirsty has like this kind of like love interest, and he isn't much of an actor because at the end, whenever like all hell's breaking loose, essentially, he's just there with a big dumb face. I'm like, what's going on? There's one or two choices I'm not too sure about. Like um, the. Uh, there's there's this homeless man that's kind of creeping about and he turns out to be like this big skeleton like angel demony thing that you know is trying to protect the the puzzle box i suppose but in the most part i think this movie's you know great i think i give it four stars on letterboxd which is extremely high i think i did that but because i was watching it and it's kind of like it's sort of, you know, it's 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 90 minutes. There's not too much in it. It's super low budget. It's based in essentially three rooms of a house. Shot in a real house, by the way, not on a set, apparently. And, uh, you know, there, there's not a lot to it. So they kind of struggle to get things in. But some of the shots are really interesting. Kirsty's walking down a dock and then he's going past all the cranes. Great shot. Don't know what it's there for, but it looks good. Um, the, the production design of the Cenobites and the gore effects, the chains and the hooks and all this really good really like that but um it's you know it's it's good it's 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 it got it got four stars for me because i kind of got hooked in huh, pun. Uh, i kind of got hooked in by the movie by the fact that it's interesting and that it's just different that's unusual that it's sort of like you know your iconic character isn't there so you're sort of like clinging on to the end you know it's not like every you know 15 minutes there's a there's a murder. The whole movie's like building up to you know this revelation of what sort of like, like what did Frank kind of do? Um, but there there was a scene whenever she's running away from Frank when when Kirsty's running away from Frank, she goes into like the storage room and she opens a door and like a statue of Jesus falls out and I literally freaked that like that is a jump scare. There's no sound effect to it. There's no build up. There's no hype. There's no nothing. It's just like you know snapper it was you know there it was he fell out of a cupboard and i was just like Ugh! yeah i think i i swore under my breath i muttered something to myself like yikes horror movies should do something like that and i like the ones that do that rather than you know get really loud and you know the jump scare is because you know there's just a massive bombardment of noise at you hell razor by clive barker um, it it's it started us off really strongly. From what I'm aware, the next two are the better, and there is a documentary about the making of the first couple. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to this run, and hopefully it will um, basically give me a good layout of what's coming. And if you're listening at home, which to be fair, if you are listening at home. You must be one of the two people that always listens, so thanks a bunch. You now know what's coming up. There's no randomness anymore. Back in October when I did Dune Month, it's going to be like that. Only this time you know, like next week, it will be Hellraiser 2. 
and then in a fortnight three and four and so on um although from what my research has shown me there is two movies released in 2005 that are hellraiser movies and i don't know what order they came out need to dig a wee bit deeper in that but uh join me on this journey if you will the sights we will see